Blind morning people, today I have learned a lot of interesting facts and I will tell you all of them this shiny morning, so subscribe to our podcast and don't miss the new episodes. Today I learned that Galileo was born in the same year that Michelangelo died, and died in the same year that Newton was born. Galileo was born in 1564, the year in which Michelangelo died. Galileo died in 1642, the year in which Newton was born. Thus, the history of 250 years of human greatness can be written with the use of only three words – Michelangelo, Galileo and Newton. All other words contribute more details, padding and dilatation. Michelangelo had contemporaries, meaning thereby those whose lives span substantially overlapped his own. Some of these were Peringio, Signorelli, Leonardo, Correggio, Titan, Raphael, Verrocchio, Kelleni. Galileo had contemporaries, Stevinus, Gilbert, Kepler, Descartes, Newton had contemporaries, Hagenus, Leibniz, Fermat, Pascal. What does this enlarged vocabulary signify? Though these words mean that the age was changing, that a new curiosity had been aroused, that a creative imagination had been transferred from the art to science. Yes, these words mean all of that, but of course they don't mean that this change in the pattern of events was a novelty of human history. It doesn't mean that a shift in interest and unique of rare, it is stability that is rare. Change new values, new philosophies, new interruptions and the normal expansion just in the heads, hose and doublets of one year are expected to be outstyled by the raiment of the next year. Life seems to move in reversals, discounties and contradictions rather than in a smooth continuous progress. Seldom do we find an era of low-continued stability or epochs of changeless beliefs or a long period of abundance, peace and happiness. Michelangelo stood at the culmination of an amazing period of pictorial and plastic art. Newton had it an era of the full power of science. Galileo was a link to the new prophet of the John the Baptist and the new philosophy who joined the together two dispensations. The words Michelangelo, Galileo, Newton make up the vocabulary of a transformation in human history. In the Dark Ages, that is, until about 10 or 1100 AD, the thing that matters with the safety of the human soul. The central fact of that period of history was the incarnation. Scientific speculation, therefore, could in no way promote the good life. Hence, attention to such matters was looked upon as a dangerous waste of time. No wonder that the years were barren of scientific achievement. The emphasis had to be upon the life to come, it was a mockery to give. Today I learned that delating a certain gene in mice can make them smarter by unlocking a mysterious region of the brain considered to be relatively inflexible. Scientists at Emory University have named this gene associated with memory and learning the Homer Simpson gene. Scientists at Emory University have named a gene associated with memory and learning the Homer Simpson gene at the bone-headed patriarch of the cartoon family chronicled in Fox hit show The Simpsons. The researchers say that deleting the gene in mice made them more skilled at navigating mazes and remembering objects. The Medical Daily reports, deleting a certain gene in mice can make them smarter by unlocking a mysterious region of the brain considered to be relatively inflexible, scientists at the Emory University School of Medicine have found. Mice with a disabled RGS14 gene are able to remember objects they would explore and learn to navigate mazes better than regular mice, suggesting that RGS14's presence limits some forms of learning and memory.
The results were published online this week in the early edition of the Proceedings at the National Academy of Sciences. Since RIGC-14 appears to hold mice back mentally, John Helper, PhD professor of pharmacology at Emory University School of Medicine, says he and his colleagues have been jokingly calling in the Homer Simpson gene. All these conclusions are correct, they are raised and odd questions. Why would mice, who are researched so frequently in part because they search much of the DNA with humans, have evolved a gene that actually makes them less intelligent? The lead scientists and their research attempts and explanations. I believe that we are not really seeing the full picture. RGS14 may be a key control gene in a part of the brain that, when missing or disabled, knocks brain signals important for learning and memory out of balance, he said. Today I learned that exercise doesn't actually contribute much to weight loss. Simply eating better has a significantly bigger impact even without much exercise. Exercise has many benefits, but there are problems with relying on it to control weight. First, it's just not true that Americans in general aren't listening to calls for more activity. From 2001 to 2009, the percentage of people who were sufficiently physically active increased. But so did the percentage of Americans who were obese. The former didn't prevent the later. Studies confirmed the finding. In 2011, meta-analysis, a study of studies, looked at the relationship between physical activity and fat mass in children, and found that being active is probably not the key determined in whether the child is an unhealthy weight. In adult population, interventional studies have difficulty showing that a physically active person is less likely to gain excess weight than a sedentary person. Further studies of energy balance, and are more of them, show that totally energy expenditure and physical activity levels in developing and industrialized countries are similar, making activity and exercise unlikely to be the cause of differing obesity rates. Moreover, exercise increases one's appetite. After all, when you burn off calories being active, your body will often signal you to replace them. Research confirms this. A 2012 systematic review of studies that looked at how people compiled with exercise programs showed that over time people wound up burning less energy with exercise than predicted and also increasing their caloric intake. Other metabolic changes can negate the expected weight loss benefits of exercise over the long term. When you lose weight, metabolism often slows. Many people believe that exercise can counter or even reverse that trend. Research, however, shows that the resting metabolic rate in all dieters slows significantly, regardless of whether they exercise. This is why weight loss, which might seem easy when you start, becomes harder over time. Today I learned that males who have married into the British royal family can never become king. They only have the opportunity of being prince consort, however females who marry in have the opportunity of becoming queen. When Prince Philip married then Princess Elizabeth nearly 70 years ago, he was forced to renounce his Greek and Danish royal titles in order to become the Duke in Edinburgh. However, a decade later then Queen Elizabeth II officially named him a British prince. But why isn't he King Philip? The wives of British monarchs tend to receive the ceremonial title of queen or more specifically queen consort. For example, the Elizabeth's mother, also Elizabeth, became queen consort when her husband George VI became king. Duchess Kate will likely become Queen Catherine when William ascends to the throne. Camilla could become queen consort, though the now Clarence House has announced that it is intended that Mrs. Parker boldly should see the title RHR, that the prince's consort when 
and the Prince of Wales accept this role. However, the reciprocal isn't true. Men married to the British monarch are known as a prince consort, not king consorts. As with many royal traditions, you can chalk this one up to a very old and powerful patriarchy. Kings always reign, whereas queen can be a symbolic title. Thanks for listening to the episode this shiny morning and subscribe to our podcast. Don't miss the new episodes.